critical mass. That's what turns the smallest ventures into life-changing forces. Reach critical mass by joining Temenos Open Marketplace for fintechs, opening up access to 2,000 of the world's largest financial institutions. Don't just take our word for it. Temenos Marketplace has just won Reader's Choice Best Emerging Innovative Technology Product and Service at the 2016 Banking Technology Awards. Join Temenos now. We make the money go round. Let's be honest. Most digital banking experiences just aren't that amazing. Learn how more than 180 banks worldwide, including Barclays, Deutsche Bank, and BBVA, innovate faster with Strands as their trusted fintech partner. To find out more, visit strands.com today. Hi, welcome to the Fintech Insider interviews. My name is Chris Skinner. And I'm here with Polly Perdue, who's the founder of one of the Fintech challenger banks, Loot, in the UK. Welcome, Molly. Thanks. Good to be so here. we've kind of been around talking about Loot for a while now, and uh, maybe the best place to start is the start, which is what you were doing at university and why and how you came up with this idea. Yeah, so I studied law at uni. I didn't want to be a lawyer. And at the time I was studying, I kept getting really frustrated with my bank account. It was just unable to tell me basic things about money. And that's kind of what a bank's meant to do, right? So I would never know how little I could work to make it to the end of the month. My goal was to not work as much as I had to. So could I work less and go out more and have more fun on a budget? And my bank wouldn't tell me when I got paid how long that money will last. It wouldn't tell me where I can cut down on my spending and it wouldn't tell me if my spending's normal. So I was in a position where I'd never really understood my money and I just didn't get it. And then I tried sort of budgeting apps and things like that. And they're really clunky at the time because you have to enter in every transaction. What year was this? This was 2013, 2014. Right. So I was at UE in Bristol and then I used these budgeting apps and they were just so bad. Um, but I used one like for every transaction for a year I was entering it in and it was crazy. And then stuff like direct debits would never come through on a budgeting app and like really basic things wouldn't match up. So it became really clear that a bank needed to be much smarter with the data and present that in a better way. And that's kind of where it, where it started. And I often liken it to um, where you started with the idea is because banks only gave you a history of what you'd spent rather than a forecast of what you would spend. Exactly. And so you really wanted some form of personal financial management tool that was a little bit more 21st century. Yeah, yeah. So I, I worked a part-time job and every month I got paid a little bit different every time. So I wanted it to say, well, based on everything we know about you, it will last you till this day and you can save this amount of money and you can go do these things. And that's, that's kind of it. it was, I thought that was really simple. So when I started, um, first of all, I needed to work out how to start a business and how to start a bank, which is kind of even harder. Um, so I wrote a letter to all the bank CEOs, um, all the big ones in the UK saying, I'm going to build a bank. Uh, we should probably meet and talk about it. Uh, that went pretty well. I met with most, like, I met senior level people at most banks. Um, this is coming from a student. Yeah, so I hadn't graduated at the time. So I was still studying at UE. And I was kind of thinking... Why would they meet you? I mean, they won't meet most technology vendors. Why would they meet some upstart student? I don't know. I think if you write someone a letter, they'll probably open it. And then if you send enough letters out, somebody will probably reply. So that was kind of the thinking. Some banks completely ignored it. Most banks didn't, which was surprising. 
So who were the guys you met? So I met some people from Barclays, um, the CEO of Metro Bank, and some really high up guys at HSBC. Particularly HSBC and Metro are really helpful. Um, I'm still in contact with them today and they've been really useful. So these meetings in what, summer 2014? Earlier than that, so January 2014. Okay. and. What was the sort of things that you wanted to know? Because obviously you were studying a law degree and suddenly you're thinking that you can open not just a business but a bank when no one else was really doing this. Yeah, I, I went down the route of this is a problem that should be solved. So it was less I'm going to build one. I, that's what I told them I was going to do. But it was more why aren't you doing this? Uh, what's stopping you guys from building this product? Um, that's where I started. And it became clear with a few of the banks that it's not a priority or it'll take too long or they don't see the value in it. Or th there, was a, there was loads of different reasons. But there wasn't like this wouldn't work or it's not a good idea. It was just like, we can't do it because of this, but good luck kind of thing. So I thought it can't be that hard. I should be able to give it a go myself. So that's kind of how the business started. And when did you register the company? That was June 2014. Okay. So at this point, you're just, you've got the idea, mm -hmm. but you've now got to go out and start to get funding, yep. start to think about how to actually build a bank. Yes. So what were the next steps? So the next steps I would go, so I was in Bristol still, I would go up once a week, I'd have to get up at like 3, 4 a.m. to get to London for like 8, 9, every, every couple of days um, to go meet people. So I did a pre-accelerator that just kind of introduced you to people, not in banking, this was just in like the business world. And at the same time, I was following up with bankers who I'd had a phone call with or I'd met through the letters and then just meeting people that they knew and it kept kind of growing from that really. And I know that you eventually found a partnership with Wirecard, which is in Germany. How, how did you find them? Yeah, so that was a, a long one. So we'd, 2014 went and we'd actually launched an MVP on a prepaid card platform first. So when we went to Wirecard, we said, we've already got this product. We want to build it on sort of your system, which is really great. But how did you find them? So I just met them at a conference. We were quite lucky that bef before them, We'd built this prepaid product, so they already knew who we were. And we were like, can we do this with you guys? So you started as a prepaid card product. Yeah. And when did you actually have the meeting with Wirecard for the first meeting? Yeah, so that was like um, at the beginning of 2016. Oh, so that's more quite a long time mm -hmm. between summer 2014, registering the business, yes. and so, beginning of 2016, exactly. meeting Wirecard. Exactly. So after, after summer 2014, I'd um, raised a bit of money, moved to London did an official accelerator program of like how to build a company and at the same time tried to work out how to build a financial tech company because it, it, wasn't, it wasn't linked. Then I found our first two team members, so Kyle and Philip, and then um, a few others after, so Chris and Yasek, and they joined the team and we built version one of the product. We built a prepay card, took 99 days to build. Um, it was pretty clunky, but it worked. And then um, by that time, there were seven or eight of us. And then we launched that, got users, got early traction, proved that not only could we build a company, we could build a finance company that looked like a bank that worked and got users. And that helped us kind of establish ourselves, meet Wirecard and actually be able to say, look what we've done. Can we do this with you guys? And then uh, work on like follow on funding and stuff like that. I guess at some point you must have met the Bank of England and the regulators. Yeah. So we, we're quite lucky. So we're not um, a bank ourselves because we use a partner bank. So we we kind of aren't too linked to those guys, but we do, we do meet them. So you're more an app on a bank rather than being a bank. Yeah, I think um, we've got to take this very step by step 
in the way that we, we've got to prove we can build a product that works and gets users and people love it and then work on if we want to be, build a bank as well. So what's interesting for me is you launched um, and then it's kind of through word of mouth you've been building a presence. So how's that going? I mean, what's happening with actual customers? Yes. Um, so we went live with this kind of version two account, we called it in December. So far, the response has been really great. Um, we spent a lot of December working on improvements and refinements. January, we launched Android. Um, and last week, we launched web as well. So we're actually on all three platforms, which is really important for us. Now we're working on kind of feature improvements and then new products. And that's, that's going really well. I think our uptakes um, been incredible. We're able to acquire users at like one one hundredth of what a bank can do. It's less than a, a, well, it's about a dollar a, a user, is it? Yeah, to get an app download, it's like a pound. And then um, our conversion rates vary. We do full KYC in the app. So the same bank level KYC that you normally have to do in a branch or on paperwork, we do in an app. So we can get super high conversion rates on that and keep our acquisition costs low and keep everything digital. And who are the people downloading? I mean, what sort of people are using Loot? Yeah, 80% are between um, 18 and 24. Average age is around 22. Um, and then that's pretty much it. And then we have people that are trying it out that's older. Do you have any people of my age using your apps? Yes, yeah, we okay. do. Yeah. We were talking earlier, actually, and your oldest user? I think 80. Yeah, I think around 80. We've got like 250 people over like, I think it was 65 or 70. What are they doing with it, I wonder? Did I use it as a bank? It's, um, we don't, we want to make sure that we can build the kind of cleanest interface and the most descriptive product. So tell you more about your money. And I think that doesn't just translate to a younger demographic. It could be anybody. It's just we focus our attention on a younger demographic because we think they're more likely to take up a product like ours. And how do you see uh, the future in terms of from where you are now to being um, what a global mega bank? Yeah, so we want to, um, we want to expand um, into new markets and into new products. We've done sort of current accounts pretty well. Um, we're going to do a few more refinements on that and add in new products that we think work with our user base and what our users want. Then it's expansion into new markets. And then we will come back to the question of whether we should use partner banks or become a bank. It's kind of a, a question mark. Yeah, it's an option, effectively. It's an option. I think it's not essential to prove that you can build a great business. You, we can be profitable without it. I think you can do everything a bank can do if you've got a great banking partner. And I think we've, we've established that. So I don't think we need to go down that route for a while. And bearing in mind, there's lots of challenger banks, so to speak, neobanks starting up in Britain. How do you see the competitive landscape in terms of are Atom, Starling and all these other guys your competition? Or are they all going to find a different space? I think there's kind of like a challenger bank handbook of all the things you need to go live. Um, but I think everyone's focusing on different angles of it. Um, our competition are the big banks because they have 70% of the market. So we're not competing to get Starling users because there aren't any compared to the big banks. So I wouldn't see them too much as competition because we're all working towards the same goal. I think it'd be really interesting to see how many of us hit the scale we need because the banks, there's like way less big banks than there are challenger banks, right? So some of us aren't going to hit that scale. But I think that would be really interesting. I think one of the biggest challenges for a challenger bank is actually finding funding, especially if you have a full bank license because of capital requirements. Yes. Without that, you actually need less funding. But I know that you did a funding round last year, which was, I think, for a million pounds. Yeah, we, we did two last year. So we did one for one and a half million, uh, one for, I think it was two and a half million. So 
we raised at different stages of our of company lifecycle where we were at, we're able to stay really lean on our cost base because we don't we can focus on the product and the marketing and the ops and customer support and not worry about compliance and risk and that stuff yet. So by having a great partner, they do that stuff and we focus on our bits. So it means the amount of capital we need to prove we've got a great product is much lower. Even like when you look at some challenges, you, they're raising loads of money and they've still got the same question marks we had six months ago. So can you build a great product? Can you get users? Um, so we focus on fixing those first and then working on can we get a banking license or do we want to get a banking license? Is it a continual treadmill of growing the business and then needing more funding, growing the business, needing more funding? Yeah, I hope that won't last forever. Um, but yeah, so you, you're always working towards the next milestone. We're really clear internally at Loot what we work for each quarter. So we're saying to the team, this is what we need to do to do well in, in the next quarter and set ourselves up for success. And funding falls in line with that. So the ultimate goal is to build a product that a lot of people use and that will build a great business. So it's kind of that first, but we always focus our priorities around kind of funding needs and what we need going forward. So you started Loot in 2014 when you were 21? I was 20. 20? Yeah, so I, was, I turned 21 like two months after. What do you think you'll have achieved by the time you're 30? That's a tough one. I don't know. Um, I created Loot because I thought it was a really interesting problem to solve. I never wanted to be a banker. I never wanted to be a lawyer. The banking industry is so large, there's so many problems to solve. And I think me and the team find that really interesting. We can look at any single part. We've looked at current accounts and there's so many problems we can fix. So just looking in banking, there's so many things we can do. Looking back over the last three years, since you left university, since you started this journey, mm -hmm. what advice would you give to anyone else trying to do something like this? I think a lot of people struggle when they start a company because they don't know how and they think there's like a rule and you do this and you do this and you do this and then it happens. I, um, I started the other way. I was going to start Loot and keep going until I failed. So I was just going to work it out. And then I started the company. Then three months later, we had a bit of investment. So that meant, okay, until I run out of cash, I'm going to keep going. And then we got more money and it should, kind of snowballed. I should have asked, where, where did the first investment come from? Yes, uh, an angel investor called Nick Wheeler who runs Charles Turret, the suit company. So um, he... Um, and how did you find him? So through a connection in London. Um, so I met a really great guy, uh, two guys actually called uh, Matthew and Christian, and they introduced me to Nick. And um, he's really great. He's be, he invests in a few um, startups where the founders are just out of uni or still in uni. And that's, um, he gives them a bit of money to help start the company. So if I summarise what I think you're saying is that, first of all, come up with a really good idea and focus on the idea and then work the network around that idea until you fi find the right connections. Yeah, I think focus on the problems you want to solve. A lot of people also get it mixed up. When you start a company, it's the execution of the idea, not the idea itself. Like a bank isn't new. Like we, I just bet that my execution of a bank account would be better than somebody else's. It's not that like what I thought of was new in any way because it's all been done before for hundreds of years. So I think um, when starting a company, it's all about how you do the idea and that's unique to you and your team. And then just keep going until you fail. You're a busy guy. You're desperately, obviously, look, trying to build a business. It, what, what's your tip to um, be productive in terms of make the most of your day? Yeah, um, I'm always up super early. So I find I'm more, I do 80% of my work before 9 a.m. Then I'm relentless on emails. So that's my inbox. It's just everything goes through there. So um, 
that's pretty much it. I also have, I've got a really rigorous like to-do system and I kind of tag it by how important it is. And the team have started to work out if they put a star next to it, I'll do that before I go home. So they've worked out how to hack me to do, to do stuff for them now. So that's pretty cool. And in summary, what's the golden rule that you run your life by? Yeah, I try and um, have fun. Like I, I wouldn't be able to do a job if I didn't find it fun. So we've got a really good team who are really fun. Uh, we spend a lot of time together as a team not working. So we go out for dinner or we play Mario Kart in the office and stuff like that. And then as much as I can, I spend time with friends who are all doing their own separate things in life. And I find that balance is really good. Sounds like good advice. Ollie, thank you very much. All right, thank you.